good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2, you can call me B squared, you can call me whatever you want to call me, but you got to follow the rule. Now, I know we ain't really talked about the rule for a while, but just in case you haven't been around for the earlier episodes, here's the rule, y'all. You can call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. Welcome back to not just your favorite show, but my favorite show, Pay It Forward. So, I just wanted to give you guys an update. I'm doing a lot better, and I want to use better not just in the sense of better as if something bad has happened, because truthfully, nothing bad has happened, nothing has gone wrong in my life or anything like that. I mean, really, everything has been great, the best that I've had it in quite a long time. And I'm really grateful for that. And what I have been experiencing, though, is an influx and a outflux of my own feelings, my own emotional state, even my own sense of self. So there's been a lot of changes there. And I can honestly say that part has been like hella scary. Like, that's something that I've never really understood because, see, when my dad and even my spiritual mentor were alive, they were pretty much the guiding rudders in my life. Like, regardless of whatever they told me and regardless of the decisions I made, I always pretty much thought about what I was going to say to them. Like, all right, what you going to say to um, what you going to say to your dad? How are you going to justify this to your dad? How are you going to justify this to pops? That was what I called my spiritual mentor because I was not going to call two men dad. I was just too much for me. So. I wanted some uh, a term of endearment that I could call him by, so, you know, I called him Pops. So, I kind of always ran along the lines of, all right, what am I going to say to them? How am I going to say it to them? How can I justify this part of me that I can't seem to explain to them? The way that I loved my dad, the way that I handled business with my dad was, if he didn't understand you, if we didn't understand each other, then there was not love. It was a conditional form of love and that was just how I knew you dealt with my dad you know my dad was very he was very reliable in other ways like my dad was the type of person that if my dad told you he was gonna be uh there to pick you up at nine o'clock he was gonna be there at eight fifty-five, like without fail if he said I'm gonna be there every seven days to pick you up at nine o'clock he was gonna be there at eight fifty-five. so in certain things there were ways that I just knew that trust and support were foregone. But in ways that dealt with um, regulating feelings and emotions, there was none of that going on. If my dad didn't understand you, he immediately went either on the assault or withdrew. Good times was over. And the main element of not being understood meant that if he didn't agree with what I was doing, it was as good as wrong. Like, it didn't matter whether it was right, even if it was something that ultimately he wanted me to do. If he didn't tell me to do it or he didn't agree with me doing it, it was wrong. Like, just that was it. That was the word. That was law. And if I wanted to exist and have the love of my dad and kind of by extension my mom, it was like, you following this rule, little nigga. And if you don't, you are wrong. And so 
I grew used to that idea of right and wrong. How do I justify this to the father figures in my life? And my spiritual mentor, I had a lot of that too, which he wasn't the type to necessarily tell you that it was wrong, but he definitely would try to persuade you out of it and be like, yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but you know, think about this. And you know, he was very willing to kind of persuade you in and out of something. And so I always had them as the guidepost on what I should do daily things. I mean, like they were just the guidepost. And looking back, I was like, yo, that was a lot of boundary violation right there. Like they were overstepping their boundaries quite a bit. And I always used them as a guidepost. So now at 30, you know, both my spiritual dads are gone. My natural dad and my spiritual dad, you know, they're dead now. And now I'm faced with this reality of now you are making choices and decisions on your own and you are accountable. See, the thing was, I could always point at them and be like, if I make a decision and it doesn't work, you're responsible for it because you made me do this. I could always do that. Um, With my spiritual mentor, I could do that with him. With my, my biological dad, I could do that with him because they were just always there. And then with my dad, the worst case scenario, I was like, well, if nothing else happens, my dad going to bail me out, you know, because he always did. If, if I got into some wild situation and I didn't understand, it, I was just like, well, if it just came down to all of it, I just called my dad and my dad was going to bail me out. He might cuss up a storm about it, but he was going to get me out of it. You know, even if he just decided to take all of it on himself, he was going to get me out of it. He always did. So I at least knew I had that safety net of like, as long as I'm kind of following what they're doing, they will mostly support me and they will probably bail me out if I end up in any situations. And that went on pretty much throughout my life. So, you know, at this point, you know, the last two years or so, I've been learning to be autonomous. You feel me? Make my own choices and decisions. You say, man, that's awful late for you to learn at 30. I really honestly think that it's the right time for me to learn. I've learned a lot of other things, emotional things, things that have uh, benefited my livelihood and with the maturity and things that I'm gaining now have pretty much given me a leg up in life. So what I really wanted to talk about was what happens when you ain't really know how to show up, you don't really know what to do, and you know that no matter what it is you do, you're no longer dealing with a situation that's based off of performance. All I've ever known, bruh, is performance. All I've ever known is the way you perform dictates how much you are loved. If you perform to a low standard, then you get less attention. If you perform to a high standard, you get not only the self-esteem, but you get accolades, you get support, you get warm encouragement, you get things, but you always have to outdo whatever your performance was. That's how I was with my dad. If I did something amazing, he was like, that is fantastic. Now do something twice as amazing the next time I ask you, or do the amazing thing you did in half the time. And if you don't, I'm going to be very upset. So he was very, very performance-based. And that's what I, you know, grew to understand that love was, is that love was just something, you know, it's based on how, how well you perform. How do you outclass other people? You know, how, how smoothly can you get around people? You know, how, how much better are you than the person next to you? That's what dictates love. And that is not true. That is not true at all. 
love is something that I'm learning is not based anything around condition, but all around acceptance and allowance, allowing ourselves to be, allowing myself to be. And that is scary, bro. Like that doesn't go with what I have always known. But I guess in my first experiences involving my own choices, I started to think that actually a lot of this happened a while ago. And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about. So um, right before I started school and really school and I mean, by school, I mean, when I went to um, Pasadena City College and that was like my that was like a major trans transition point in my life. Um, it was like right before I get went, I mean, I'd gotten everything set up. Uh, I'd gotten, you know, financial aid was set up and all these different things. And like, I remember sitting in front of my bed and all of a sudden it just hit me, bro, I'm going to in school tomorrow. I hadn't been to school in like five years. And the last time I was at school, I was at a JC and I just did terribly. All I was doing was just following my friends around. I would join classes and then just drop classes and I didn't really care because I had my own money. So I was just spending my money. And by that time I'd spent all the money I'd had and I was just staring at the wall and it just hit me, bro. You're going to school. You don't know nothing about this school. This school is like an hour and a half away from you because I'm taking public transportation. So it's like this school is an hour and a half to two hours away from you. You don't know nothing about this school. You don't know none of the people. You don't know anybody. You don't know anything about this school. And you don't even have anything to bring with you. You know, a lot of students, you know, they have like, you know, their bags, their folders, all this stuff. I didn't have none of that. I had an old Everest backpack and I had this notebook. And I was like, bro, I don't have nothing to bring with me. And I said, what am I going to look like showing up to school? And I don't really have nothing. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of pocket cash at that point. Um... And I was like, I don't even know what am I going to bring? And I just remember just feeling completely overwhelmed. I'm 25 and I'm just sitting in the bed of my room in my parents' house. And I'm like, bro, what the f- am I going to do? I've signed up for classes I know nothing about. I'm in a completely different world and environment. And I just remember just sitting there and just getting hit by this wave of just anxiousness, despair, terror. Like, bro, there's no possible way that you're not going to get laughed out of this school. And I remember vividly just sitting there going, God, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to bring? I'm sitting here thinking, man, should I be asking my mom for like some folders or something? Like a lot of these kids got laptops and stuff like that back then. I ain't had none of that stuff. I said, man, what am I supposed to bring? I don't even think I had a haircut. I don't even know. I I, don't, I can't even remember. I was just like, what am I supposed to bring? And I remember God spoke to me in that moment. And he said, bring yourself. Bro, I must have looked around and said, whomever it is you talking to, whoever it is, you got to be out your ever-loving mind. Talking about bringing myself, I don't even know who the, that is. Bring myself. I'm feeling way uncomfortable. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling defensive. I'm starting to think, man, maybe I shouldn't be going to school like this. You know, I've never, I never gone that far on the bus before. I never traveled that far to go to school like ever. And I was going to be doing that four days out the week at a school. I knew nothing about journeying into school 
and expecting that I'm going to be successful at a school that I literally didn't know anything about other than it was named Pasadena City College. And he said, just bring yourself. Man, I'm sitting here thinking, man, if I wasn't terrified of the fact that I think that you got of the universe and you might kill me for that, man, I would slap you in your whole face. Talk about bring yourself. Man. And I said, what do you even mean by that? Bring myself? What does that even mean? Because I'm thinking, how am I going to figure out who I am? How am I going to figure out all this stuff before I show up so the people don't laugh me out of the school? And that's just the terror that I'm feeling is this fear of being rejected, of, of going to another school environment where I go in there and I think everybody's going to be my friend and they just turn me down and they're just like, we don't like you. You know, and I just for once want to feel like I fit in somewhere because I don't feel like I fit in in my own body. And I remember it was like what God told me in that moment has changed my life. And it's like kind of like at 30, he's kind of brought me back to that initial state of mind and heart. Granted, I have way more now than I ever did then. But that state of heart, that young, that hungry state of heart that I had back then, you know, I'm finally kind of getting in touch with, you know, the real part. I guess you'd say the the feminine and masculine are starting to balance out now. So it's like, all right, what do you mean by bring yourself? And God spoke to me and it was like somebody was sitting next to me. He said, show up. He said, all I want you to do is show up. He said, every day that you're required to go to school, I just want you to take the bus there and I want you to show up. Don't focus on anything else. Just show up. He said, I will take care of the rest. And I felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. I said, okay. Because see, at that point, I knew how to at least do that. You feel me? I knew how to at least follow that guidance and that unction that you know I would get from God I at least knew how to do that he said just show up and I'll take care of the rest I said all right I'll do that and the next day I got up it was real early in the morning because I think I had like an early class it was like an eight or nine o'clock class or something like that it was some some class but see because it, it was so far away from me on the bus, I had to be out the house by like seven o'clock because the time it just took for the buses to get there. So I took the bus and I just remember feeling so out of whack, but you want to know what to, I also felt super excited and exhilarated. I was like, I am going to a new place that I know nothing about. I'm finna experience some new things. I was hype about it. I was hungry, man. I got to school that first day And I had a fantastic time. I had a fantastic time. I didn't make a whole lot of friends that day. I was thinking that like that was going to be my breakout moment. To be honest, my breakout moment at that school didn't really start until like, I don't know, like a year within a year of being there or so. Like that's when I started to like really kind of branch out and start making friends and stuff like that. But that first year, man, I just remember feeling more free than I ever felt. And I remember coming back that day with a giant smile on my face. I say, yeah, I can be here. I can go to school here. 
And every single day, regardless of the task or assignment that was allotted to me, at least in the beginning, the one thing that I had focused on more than anything else was just show up. If I couldn't figure out anything, because sometimes the projects were way out of my scope. Like, I mean, I mean, the first week or two I went there, um, I was in a, a radio class because that was my first experience with even radio production or performance. I didn't know anything about that. And the teacher, because we had, you know, a, a student run radio station, which was the radio station that I previously did pay it forward on. Um, she was like, yeah, you guys are going to do your first radio show like in two weeks. It's going to be a music show and you guys are going to host it and you guys are going to create your own content and all this stuff. And I was like, whoa. What are you talking about? She was like, yeah, by the way, just pair up with somebody in the class because you're going to be hosting in like two weeks. And I was like, I don't even know. What do I even do? All I could do was focus on just show up. Sometimes the task and oftentimes the task was way beyond my initial scope of what I felt that I could do because I never done that stuff before. And I was like, I, I don't even I don't even know what you're even asking me. I'm I don't know what they're asking me, but things would just work out um the first production i had I, I i partnered up with the person that was right next to me and he was like hey you know do you mind if we you know meet at um at, at, at he had he had a spot out in uh pasadena he was like man do you mind if we just meet up there i was like bro i don't even know you and then god was like just go he was like just show up and every single time it worked out Every single time it worked out. Uh, my my spiritual mentor, he encouraged me a lot during that time because I remember like and, and, and that's what happened. It would happen each year. And so um, the first year I took two classes and I remember uh, my second class was like, man, we need you to write this two page essay. Now, it's funny because I'm really good at writing now. But when I first started, like, I guess I always had the talent, but like it wasn't really it wasn't really something that I either liked doing or found easy. And they were just like, yeah, we need you to write a two page essay. Cause it was about acting and some other stuff. It was an acting class. So I was like, cool, you know? And they were like, write a two page essay. I was like, oh, I don't really think I want to do that. And then it was just like, God was just like, go to the library. And then when I went, it was almost like the words were just, were just being dictated to me. And it just, it came out so easily. And I was like, wow. And so I went to the library cause back then I didn't have a laptop. And so I went to the library and that that then I got the the paper done and it was an A and I was like whoa I'm getting good grades now and that broke a lot of the stigma that I'd always had about high school about college because most of the years through high school I didn't really get good grades you know for whatever reason I had a lot of stuff going on at the house and other personal stuff I did not get good grades through most of my years in school so I always just assumed that I was just a failure at school and man, I, I came out of that first semester and I had an A and a B and I was looking, I said, yo, I'm getting good grades now. And from the entire time that I have been in Pasadena city college from then to basically, I think, um, the last year that I did a class was, um, to finish up the certificate in, in this year because my years were kind of staggered. So they were kind of weird, but uh, this year I finished up a certificate and I have, I have seen two C's in the entire time I've been at school. 
I feel like, I mean, on record, it seems like I've been there like five years, but really it's kind of like a condensed two and a half year. Cause really I didn't go there for the purpose of just getting a degree and getting out. I was going there cause I saw all these classes that I could do. I was like, man, I'm gonna take as many of these as possible. As many of these as I can possibly take. I want to take them cause I want to learn these skills. So it's been it's been like this weird journey and it feels like it's longer and shorter than it was. But I can tell you that each and every year, other than like two years, I got entirely A's and B's. I don't think I've ever seen I've only seen two C's in the entire time that I did classes at PCC. I I, I kept like a three point four GPA and I just kept it I kept it easily. And it completely broke the stigma that I had around success in school. And my spiritual mentor encouraged me a lot in that time because my first year I was just like, man, because the classes would just get harder. The the more capable I would get each semester would be like the classes would get just hard enough to where they would challenge me. And so I was I would feel discouraged at times and my spiritual mentor would say. He said one time I remember we were just on the phone, he said, man, you're going to be successful every year that you go to school. He said, you don't know anybody right now, but by the time you leave, you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to be interested in what it is you're doing. It's like the man was speaking like God, the universe, whatever was speaking to him. The man just knew. He just said, you're going to be successful in every year that you go to school. And he was right. Every single year without fail, I was successful. But it all started from one foundational principle. Bring yourself and show up. I'm telling you, I didn't know nothing about school, about any of that. So I can always give credit to the fact that it was God that allowed those things to happen. Yeah, I played a role in it. I made sure I showed up. But from the moment I showed up, as soon as I hit PCC, I remember sometimes I would walk on campus. I wouldn't know what was going on. There were some times that like we had like productions and stuff like that. And I didn't have like not a clue, like no answers or nothing. They were just like, we need you to have all these answers by today. And I was like, I have none of these answers and it's today. So by the time I showed up, I would show up and I would walk on campus. I said, all right, God, it's on you now. I said, you told me to show up. That's all I got. I said, I'm here. And that was always enough. Man, I've been sitting with myself in this room, and I mean, I'm just kind of talking myself on this. I've been I've been sitting myself throughout these different emotional experiences that I've had, and a lot of things that I say even before I say them sometimes, I'd be like, yo, bro, is this even going to make sense? If I say this to anybody, is it going to even matter? Because I'm skipping out on all the eloquent speech now. I've got all that stuff. I know how to do that. I know how to be eloquent. I know how to be smooth. You know, I know how to say things in a way that reaches people on a political level. I know how to do that stuff. But now it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool that you know how to do that stuff, but everything. But listen, drop all that because what's most important is that people know you for who you are. And I'm like, bro, I don't even, I'm not even sure if I know that. He said, then take them on the journey with you. So now I'm sitting here in front of a mic and I've been back and forth thinking, yo, what am I going to say to people? And, and and it just felt like God had been taking me back to that sincere place that I, I had honestly kind of gotten out of. He said, remember when I just told you back then and you, you didn't have nothing back then and I told you just show up. Man, I've gotten so much stuff since then. I've gotten, I've had, I've had phones and laptops. 
I got laptops right now. You feel me? I got a computer. I didn't even have a computer when I first started. I don't, I don't think I did. I didn't even have a computer when I first started. I have like none of that stuff. When I first started, I didn't have none of that stuff. And all he asked me to do was show up and me showing up. All this stuff started happening for me. All this stuff started working out for me. Even the stuff that was beyond me. If I didn't know how to do it, somehow I would just end up in the right group of people. And the group of people would just all know what what, what needed to be done. And all it would be required of me was a little bit more of maybe what I was used to doing. So I would get challenged in each situation. And then there were times where I discovered talents. I had teachers encourage me in talents and abilities that I didn't even know I had until I got there. PCC, man, that school blessed me so much because it gave me opportunities that I didn't have while I was just hanging out, you know, around around the block and in, in, in the schools and the, and the JC I was going to, man. I mean, I discovered a love for post-production and editing. I didn't even think I could do that. I got in that class and knew nothing about post-production. I mean, I knew that movies were edited together. I didn't care nothing about how. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And, I mean, we got to the last semester and we did um our, our time assignments or whatever and i remember reading from the book and going yo i don't think i can understand any of this book or any of that but again god the favor of god was on my life and it was just there because i was in the back row with people who just knew all the stuff about the stuff and then one of them was a professional editor already so he was like man i help you with anything that you don't know and so we sat there in the back and I can remember times where, because I just didn't get it, sometimes I'd just fall asleep. I'd be in the class, like, be in the back row with all the computers, just, just dozed off for like an hour. And then I'd wake up, and all of a sudden it would start to click for me. Bro, I can tell you that happened at least twice, where I was sitting there and I would just look, and all of a sudden it would just start clicking, like, click, 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 and I'm like, yo, I think I get it. And I would start putting it together. And then half the time, I wouldn't even remember how I did it. I would just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm like, yo, this is cool. I'm going to do something. And then it would come out. And then I remember it came out and my teacher was like, you have a gift. Like, you're really good at this. And I was just like, I honestly didn't even know that this was something I could do. Each and every scenario that I went in at that school. And honestly, there were some times that it was it was it was very challenging for me. Uh, there were some times where it was like there was one time that I had like a really bad flu. And apparently I didn't know it was before all this COVID stuff was going on. But I had a really bad flu and I didn't really know how I was going to handle it. But um, it was a, a major production day. And it was like some kind of uh, a day where it was like because the class was really participation based. And some days I just knew I could get away with skipping and missing, but that day I knew I like I had to be there. And if I was there, as long as I was there, everything was going to work out. But if I didn't come, then it was going to really throw things off. And so I remember I was like, look, I got this flu or whatever, and I know that if I go to sleep, I'm probably not waking up in time. So I'm just going to just stay up the entire night. Probably wasn't entirely the best decision I made, but I made, I went, I pushed through it. I got through that day. And I remember by the time I got home, like I thought, cause I thought I was kind of exaggerating a little bit. I was like, that's probably not that bad. Then by the time I got home and I like collapsed on the bed and barely could move, I was like, oh, maybe it is that serious. And it was a major flu. That thing kept me out for like a week. And, but I went because I just remember what God promised me. He said, if you show up, I'll take care of everything else. And without fail, he took care of everything else, man. And it was like, there were some days there, there were some times where I would meet someone and later on we'd become friends a year and a half later. And I'd be like, 
wow, it was definitely meant for us to be friends that time. There were times that I had conflicts with teachers and those conflicts um, strengthened me. And I just realized, you know what, man, like our lives are not destined to be to be created around adversity unless we choose that. But you don't necessarily need adversity in order to grow. And that's one thing I want to talk about, too. Everybody always says, man, you need to have the struggle and chaos in order to grow. That's stupid. No, you do not need chaos and struggle in order to grow. You can grow and have plenty of stable challenges in your life that cause you to grow without it being chaotic. And chaos in that particular instance did kind of help me grow. But, man, I tell you, man, every single day it went down to that one single principle. Show up. So I start to think about the things that God's been blessing me with, um, with new friendships, new connections, new relationship, all that stuff like that. And I'm like, what do I do in these scenarios? Cause again, it's like, I find myself, I'm 30. You feel me? There's so much stuff that I've got going on 30. And in a lot of ways, I'm proud of myself. I'm very self-aware. I'm emotionally competent. I'm emotionally intelligent. I'm working through uh, my traumas and triggers. You know, um, God is is in my life and I'm grateful for that. I've got all kinds of, of, of talent and ability and favor. And I'm proud of that. I have a good relationship with my mom that's continuously getting better. I'm proud of that. But on the other hand, man, I'm 30, you know, I'm proud of myself, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of like a sort of student. I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm working and just doing kind of like the things that I'm being prompted to do. You know, I'm, I'm creating income for myself, but I I really ain't had all that. And I'm like, you're going to take me around all these people and I'll have nothing really to show for it. But me, that's it. I said, I ain't got nothing. I said, other than what you've given me, I said, now I've got tools. I've got resources. I have those things and I'm grateful for that. But again, even at this level to the level in which God has taken me to, I'm like, yo, again, here I am. And God said, yeah, here you are, bro. And the same way you did when you were at PCC, it's the same way I want you to do it now. Take your real self wherever you are and show up. And I always thought that when I was at PCC, I said, man, I don't know if I'm even good enough to be here. You know, they, people had all these, these different advantages and stuff like that. I got all those advantages. Now people had MacBooks and, and, and laptops and all this stuff. I got all that stuff now. And that's a blessing. That's a real true blessing. I got all that stuff now, but I can guarantee you, I did not have it when it started, man. Some things didn't even start paying out truly until this year, but man, now I'm going into a new environment, a new forum where, you know, what if I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, people that are, are more renowned, you know, whatever it is. And all I have to, and what I really have to bring is myself. And God said, yeah, yeah, that's it. Pay it forward. It's becoming something bigger than what I thought it was. It was just a gimmick at first. It was just an experiment. It was just something I thought I could do that was real cool, that I just thought was interesting. You know, it was just something that I could break up into 15-minute segments, just talk about positivity and stuff, and then break down a 15-minute segment and just share all the cool, positive stuff that was going on. It was something that I could hide behind. But now it ain't that no more. It's bigger than what I thought it is. It's a podcast. I've got the equipment now. I've got companions and friends and people that are supporting me. You know, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm able to do trailers and videos and all this stuff like that. I'm like, yo, I can do that. It's becoming way bigger than what I thought it was. And now I'm stepping into forums with people and environments 
that'll again, just as out of my understanding as it was for a, a little nigga from Inglewood to go to Pasadena City College. And you say, well, it was just a city college. It was the environment. The environment was that much different. Even a, a couple of cities over in Pasadena from LA, the environment is like, it's like black to white. It's really different. It's night and day out there. It's very, very different. And it's just in that particular, that, that transformation, that change, I got myself in an unfamiliar, uncomfortably positive environment. And I was like, what do I even do? And God said, that's where I need you because you're going to bring something that they don't have. And they're going to show you things that you don't know. But I need you to show up. And I've been sitting with myself, with my own feelings and stuff like that. And been like, bro, I don't even know why you would even have me here. Because I, I can't bring the, oh, I'm feeling so good. Oh, I'm, I, I couldn't bring none of that. I said, I, if I have it, I'll bring it. But God said, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I want to ask this question to everybody. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if that's enough? What if what you bring is enough? What if it's not that it's not enough? What if it is enough? What if you meet that person that's not magical, but they compliment you in a way that's special to you. They're more handsome, more beautiful than you ever thought that they would be. And they open up the possibility for you to grow in ways you didn't expect. And when you meet them, you feel that you're out of their league. Actually, let me correct that. You feel that they're out of your league. And you say, what do I do in this scenario? What if you bringing yourself is enough? What if you get that million dollar contract, that $10 million contract, and you don't feel that you've done the work in order to get it? But somebody says, no, 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 no. It's not about the talent that you you you, you haven't had. We're going to cultivate that. We want you. What if it's not a matter of gain on the external, but self-esteem on the internal? What if it's just about us? What if it's just about us showing up? And even sitting here, I was thinking, yo, I could show up. You know, I do my little things before I set up the podcast and I go testing, testing, testing. I start out and I think, okay, which way am I going to introduce it? How am I going to do it? What, da, 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 da. And, and what's most important is that I show up. I I show up. So when I'm on these interviews and with these people, the main thing that I start thinking about is what's most important, that I say the right thing or that I be the person that God asked me to be wherever that is. What is most important? And what's most important is that I show up. And I had not even considered that. Each time I show up, sometimes I show up and I, you know, I'd be talking to God and say, hey, look, man, you see where I, you see what, you see what the business is here. You know, I can't even cap. Sometimes I'm, I'm talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm reading. I'm doing my own thing. I'm like, but I'm here. And what if that's enough? What if all the stuff that you worried about, you're going to learn anyway? What if all the stuff that you need to know, you'll know? Because I have now a true testimony that it can work. And this is a reminder to me because I honestly had forgotten about just how important that is. I had forgotten about it. It's a testimony to me. 
because that's exactly how I started out when I went to PCC. It was my first experience without having my dad breathing over my shoulder, having other people making decisions for me. That was my first experience with just doing things on my own, using my own thinking, using my own resources, using my own mind that I wasn't just able to just ping my dad and be like, hey, dad, what you think about this? Or go, hey, you know, can you come do this for me or nothing like that? No, I didn't have none of that. It was just me. And he said, that's all I need. I just need you to show up. Everything that went on past PCC was all me. It's God led. He the one orchestrated it. But it was all me. I had to knock the pins down. He could set them up, but I still had to knock them down. I had to at least make the movement. Man. I never thought showing up was going to be that important. And even just sitting here thinking, bro. I just needed to show up. And I'm thinking, what about this stage in my life? You know, I'm 30. And a lot of times I just think about all those things that, you know, other people accomplished that I didn't. You know, other people got cars and things like that. And I'm like, man, I'm still right now. You know, I'm still at my mom's house. And she's been gracious to me, man. But, bro, I'm 30, man. I'm like, man, I should be way farther than that now. Sometimes I look at myself and be like, bro, what is wrong? Why you couldn't have done better? But what I gave was real. What I gave was real. You know, I got friends now. And I can't say it's for the better or worse. But I got friends now. Got one of the homies just got married. Actually, and I got got a cousin just got married too. You know, they got, you know, got their own scenarios. They got their own apartments, own places, own spots, all that stuff like that. And there are a lot of benefits to the fact that, you know, I haven't had a lot of those things. But, man, when you look on IG, you know, you look at Facebook, you look at the text messages, you start seeing, man. Everybody seems like they got something you don't. And you be like, bro, what's wrong with me? No. I know some of us on this line. I know some of us that listen to PIF, pay it forward. I know some of y'all be thinking, man, what's wrong with me, bro? Couldn't I have just done it better, faster? Because that's what it looks like when we see that them highlight reels. And I used to think, man, why well, couldn't have had a little bit something a little bit more organized? And not even realizing that God is enriching us out of our spirit. To do what we already put within us. And it should come from a place. Of doing it for us. That's the cool thing about pay it forward. I was even talking to my therapist. And he said that was a cool thing. He said that's the thing. That you can always look at yourself at. And you say that was you. He said you can't. You know not your dad. Not your mentor. Nobody else did that one but you. He said that was you. Your success at school. That was you. He said all that was you. Because I used to always struggle with what's really me. What's me and not my spiritual mentor? What's me and not my dad? What's me and not my mom? What's really me? And some of us that have been in gaslighting situations have a hard time um, um, understanding that. Because my dad used to always say things like that. He'd be like, boy, you wouldn't be nothing if not for me. If not for me having done this and that, you wouldn't even have that. Every time I say, hey, dad, I did something real cool. He said, you wouldn't even done it if not for me. And that mess takes a toll on you. 
no matter how capable, intelligent, self-aware you might be, that takes a toll on you when all you're being told or mostly what you're being told is that you're stupid and that you're naive and that you're not smart and that you cannot function without that person. It takes a toll on you. And so there's still a part of me and a lot of it has changed. A lot of it has healed, but there is still a part of me that still feel like, man, what the f- am I going to do without my dad? Not even realizing that for three or four years, for five years, I've been doing it out by, without my dad. I was doing it out without him in that way before he died. But that didn't mean that I didn't feel like I needed him. Man, some of us really needed our parents, man. Some of us really needed our moms and dads. And they weren't there. One of the mentors, relationship mentors I look up to because he speaks that real. And he speaks about practical growth in relationships. His name is Brian Reeves of Brian Reeves Insight. I look up to him and his girlfriend a lot. Well, his fiance, I don't know if they're married yet, but they're, I know they're engaged, but men have a beautiful relationship, but their relationship is very real. And one of the things he talked about on his podcast, he said, a man never feels successful without his father's praise. And I say my nigga spitting facts, big facts. It's very difficult to feel successful, to feel like you've accomplished anything. When your dad did not tell you, good job, man. I'm so proud of you. I'm, I'm 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 pleased with you. And even if you never did anything else, I'd always be pleased with you. My dad, he all oh, he did tell me at times he was proud of me. I wasn't the kid that my dad never told he didn't love me or nothing like that. No, my dad told me he loved me. My dad told me he was proud of me, but he didn't do it often. And in times where I would say, God, dad, why you ain't tell me more? He said, because all I knew you was going to do was screw it up. So, well, that killed that compliment. Those are the type of things I heard as a kid. So my dad, in his wisdom and understanding, felt that it was more important to toughen me up so that I could survive rather than nurture and support me so that I could live. And as a black man, that's a common thing amongst black men and black women that we oftentimes don't know how to teach our kids anything else, but what we know was how to survive. I'm fortunate to be one of the first generations to be able to teach my children how to live. And yeah, my children will understand survival skills, but more importantly, they will understand that life is not based entirely and even mostly around survival. Survival maybe encompasses 10% of what you're going to do in life. The other 90% is actually living. And there's a quote from the matrix that I love the first movie where Morpheus said after, um, uh, Neo had had done a, a amazing feat. Neo is the main character, if you haven't seen it. And uh, Morpheus was like his mentor. And Neo said, "Man, I." He said, "You don't understand." And Morpheus said, "There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path." And I always think that that's one of the most profound things I've heard about life, about being, about showing up in general. Is that there's like a profound difference between knowing and walking. And, you know, as a man, we're taught you should know these things. You should know these things. You should know these things. But to know them and to do them are very different. You can read manuals and books on how to be a parent. You can read manuals and books on how to seek God. You can read manuals and books on how to do anything. You can watch TV shows and YouTube videos and those things can all help you. But there's still a difference between getting down there physically and actually doing it. Man, 
doing it is a is a is a profound experience. And now that I'm stepping into new arenas in my life, you know, of being lucrative, having, you know, different things that are on another level than what I have and getting to take all the things that I had before with me on those things, these new gadgets and cool things that I've collected on the way, I get to take them with me, but I get to expand on them too, man. And I guess the thing is, is that I find myself still in a place where I'm poised to prosper more than I've ever prospered, but I'm stepping into an uncomfortable place that I don't know nothing about it. (laughs) And I found myself at 30 in a similar place than I found myself at 25, feeling inadequate compared to the destiny that I have been given and what I know that I'm going to have and saying, yo, what the flip am I going to do, fam? And the answer is still the same answer it always was. Show up. It's the answer I forgot about. Show up. I give you that, yo, this one quote. This one thing out the Bible. I was just reading it. Um, it talks about Moses. And Moses had uh, an experience with God in the burning bush. God spoke to him and said, hey, I'm finna send you back into Egypt that you left from. Because I'm going to tell the Hebrews that you there to save them. And I'm going to do mighty works through you and Pharaoh and all this stuff like that. And Moses like, look, bro, I can't, I ain't even got speech. I don't even, I don't even, I don't have no eloquence. And God spoke to Moses and said, but who made man's mouth? He said, who made all the things that man does with his mouth? Who did that? He said, I did that. And Moses did have some some personal insecurities about his speaking. But I just thought about that, that all really God asked Moses to do. He said, all I want you to do is pull up. I just want you to show up. He said, because then the people will be able to see that it's me that does it and not you. They'll be able to see that I'm the one that was behind all that stuff. And I keep thinking, God, gotta be God in my life. Man, there gotta be. A higher power, a universal source, God in my life, the primal source of the universe, got to be God in my life, man. Because again, I find myself ready to venture into the new, whatever you call it, the unknown beyond. And the same words that applied to me at 25, applying to me at 30. Even though I've got new resources and new all kinds of stuff, new talents, new abilities, new friendships, all that stuff. I still find myself feeling one, woefully wondering what the flip I'm going to do. And two, knowing in my heart that all God really asked me to do was show up. So I just want to encourage everybody and even give a prayer for everybody. And under the sound of my voice, y'all, anybody that's willing to listen, that's interested. I pray that each person knows that God's guiding them to where that, that God, you're guiding them to where they need to be. And that where they are right now is exactly where they need to be. And the most important thing that you could possibly give them or tell them is that showing up is what is all that you want and all that you need. And if there's ever a point that they think it's not enough, God, I thank you that you're reminding them that it is enough. And that you're right there with them, even if they feel like they can't see you right now. And at an appointed time, they'll get to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I really appreciate y'all with this one. I love y'all. And it's always cool to vibe with the PIF gang. I think I'm going to keep that one. And um, yeah, I just really love doing this podcast. And the cool thing is now I'm doing it for me. So I appreciate y'all. 
I love y'all. And y'all can go on and listen to the last of my, one of my favorite songs, Kiss of Life. And we'll talk when we talk next. All right, I love y'all. Peace.